Hey everybody, Tim here with Uzi Bracketology, and we have reached the end. We are in our final episode of the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Author Bracket, and as Douglas Adams said, I may not have gone where I intended to go, but I think I I have ended up where I needed to be. And I don't know if we have, but we're here anyway, and we're going to crown a champion tonight in the best sci-fi and fantasy author bracket. Let's meet our panel who is not in the enviable, who is in the unenviable position of having to make these decisions. First off in Texas, it's Stephen. Stephen, how you doing and what you drinking? Well, I am, uh, I'm still working on these, uh, Dr. Pepper, strawberries, and cream, but instead of tasting like hard candy, they now taste like betrayal and failure, since we've eliminated J.R.O. Token from the bracket, unfairly and unjustly. So here is the slurp of sadness. I'm disappointed in all of you, and that's the last I'm saying about it. All right, well, next, in Jacksonville, Florida, Carmela. Carmela, how you doing? What you drinking? And tell us a little about yourself. Uh, I'm doing great. <laughs> um, today I've got uh, in a blueberry wheat ale by Brew Bus in conjunction with Florida Avenue uh, out of Wesley Chapel. It's called You're My Boy Blue. Let's see how this one is. Mm, tastes like Stephen's tears. Mm, very good. <laughs> wow. Cold. Cold. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. Uh, oh. we're, we're starting out fun, guys. Um, so I'm Carmela. I am one of the hosts of Trivial Warfare. We are a pub trivia-style podcast. It comes out every other week. I am also the host of Foreplay, which is a puzzle connection show that comes out every week. And uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm. Uh, it is going to be hard, but I, I think I'm good with what we're going to be going into. So, Well, you are not half as happy to be here as we are to have you. Uh Jay, you're up next in Chicago. My friends, the same questions to you. Hi, Tim. I missed you since our last recording. You look, have you lost weight? You look great. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing pretty well tonight. You know, we, we've made it through to, to the mountaintop here. Um, it's it's going to be seven really tough matchups we talked about. But you know what? It has absolutely been a fun ride the whole time. Uh, for the uninitiated, I'm Jay Borsom from Liquid Courage Entertainment, based out of Chicagoland, but also online, uh, twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage, and at patreon.com slash liquid courage for access to the World Trivia Federation, one of the six different trivia formats I am now writing on a regular basis because I am dumb. <laughs> I am drinking, uh, and that's all you really need to know. But if you need more specifics, Siesta Key Spiced Rum, that's how we started this trip. That's how we're ending this trip. And I realized in the last episode, I didn't give you any good sound effects. So here, this one's for you, folks. And that is a beautiful bottle pop. We are happy to have you. Just like we are happy to have Brian out in Iowa. Brian, you get the same three questions. I am doing pretty well. Um, I, Stephen, I, I take offense here. I was on your side the whole damn way. I am also devastated that Tolkien is not in this anymore. Um, but overall, I'm doing pretty damn good. Um, you can find me, it's Geek Trivia, Vet North Iowa at Nerdspeak Brewery every Friday night, seven o'clock. Um, what I'm drinking tonight, uh, from that self-same Nerdspeak Brewery 
Uh, I have their their chocolate coffee oatmeal stout. It's called I Aim to Misbehave, the Big Gorams Blast. And this is some really, really fine chocolate coffee stout. I just want to know why you haven't sent me any of that. Because that <laughs> sounds delicious. It's some good stuff. We, yeah, we, we'll, now we'll talk that I later. Know there's a brewery out there that references Firefly. I might have to drive across the country <laughs> and go there. Please come see me. We'll be the third and fourth people in Iowa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh Finally, in Raleigh, North Carolina, you've already heard his voice. Jeff, how you doing and what you drinking? I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I'm glad that this bracket has brought us together to tear each other to shreds and uh, <laughs> break all of our hearts in equal measure as we whittle down 68 wonderful authors. Well, a couple of them might be kind of giant pieces of shit whatever mostly wonderful authors one hopefully deserving champion we're all going to be arguing about this until death of the verse swallowed up into two dimensions or whatever the hell it is that happens at the end of kishin Liu's books someone please like tell try to explain that because i don't fucking understand it uh Anyway, um, we're on the home stretch, so I'm drinking some homebrew. Sage for a while. One of my favorite homebrews I've ever done. So, okay. and as Jeff said, we have narrowed down 68 authors in f- the best in fantasy and sci-fi. We have eight remaining, and by the end of the night, we will crown a champion. But I need my drinks to observe you all doing all this. So I am drinking one of my favorites, the Voodoo Ranger Juice Force Hazy Imperial IPA. And with that, let's jump in. Steven, is it going to be Neil Gaiman or Mary Shelley? Go. So it might not surprise you that my bracket did not have this exact matchup here. Uh, fortunately, it does not shift it too much, because as much as I do like Mary Shelley and I like Frankenstein, it is but one book. A very, very good book that survives the taste of time. Uh, it's seminal to the genre, but at the end of the day, you know, Neil Gaiman, um, he deserved at least two votes against Tolkien, two votes and no more, but he deserved those two votes because he is an amazing author, and I absolutely do adore his work, like I said before, so Gaiman gets the vote. Neil Gaiman gets that vote and gets off to a one nothing lead. Carmella, what do you got here? Um, I don't think it's going to be surprising how I vote. Uh, honestly, uh, I love Mary Shelley. I think Frankenstein's great. Um, The Last Man is also great. Uh, that, that often gets overlooked, but I don't think it should. Um, so she does have two very good works in the in the genre. Um, and you know, created sci-fi, so that can't be uh, overlooked. But goddamn, I love Neil Gaiman like so much, <laughs> like a whole lot, and he's still creating. Um, and. I don't think I've ever, I've read almost everything he's ever done. Um, I don't think I, there's been anything that I've not liked. Um, and I'm going to vote for, for Neil Gaiman here. I, I forget, does Carmella like Neil Gaiman? Can't really tell. I think uh, <laughs> I, th- I think we're going to have to. Look, I'm a goth at heart movies. and I will not apologize for it. <laughs> well, Gaiman has that 2 nothing lead. Jay, is it three? Mary Shelley is 
Mary goddamn Shelley. Uh, she has written one of the masterworks of the English language. She has written uh, works that are studied critically to this day at every level of, of education. Uh, she has she has the mantle of inventing um, in, in the way that we know it, science fiction. Um, she has created one of the most recognizable characters uh, of all time in uh, Frankenstein's monster. And yes, I will drop the pedant point just there and there alone. Um, and she deserved to win every match she has been in so far. I have no qualms with any of the times that I have voted for Mary Shelley uh, up until now, but it's it's a knife to a gunfight when it comes to Neil Gaiman. Um, the question to me becomes, we're at a point now where if I vote for somebody, am I tacitly voting for them to be the ultimate champion? Uh, we have separated all the wheat from the chaff at this point. We are down to the best of the best, and any one of these eight competitors has a legitimate chance to, to stand atop this bracket, uh, Shelly included, but I don't. I, I honestly, of the eight we have remaining, I think Shelley has the weakest case of them, which is almost sacrilegious to say, um, but say it I will. Neil Gaiman gets my vote. And Neil Gaiman gets to move on into the final four, but we still want to hear Brian's opinion on the matter. I get to coast, because Jay said pretty much everything I wanted to say there. Um, Mary Shelley deserved to make it, make it as far as she did, but this is as far as she goes. Um, I voted against Neil Gaiman again because I Tolkien deserved to be here, but Neil Gaiman is here instead. Neil Gaiman also deserves to be here. Um, Good Omens, American Gods, Sandman, Stardust, Coraline, and so much more. It's Neil Gaiman, and it's not even close. And that is for nothing for Neil Gaiman, but we still want to hear from Jeff. Yeah, uh, obviously, I have nothing to add to any of this. Neil Gaiman, give him the sweep. And Neil Gaiman is the champion of the Gondor region of the bracket. Who will he face? Who will be the champion out of the Gryffindor bracket? Will it be Lewis Carroll, our four seed, or Terry Pratchett, our three seed? We want to start this with Carmella. See, now we're getting into comparing more apples to apples. So you have a whimsical creator versus a whimsical creator. Um, and I love them both immensely. Um, so what, what's the tiebreaker here for me? And I think it's gotta be, there's more to Pratchett, um, that you can go in and discover and read. Um, he's got a, a larger body of work. Um, and that doesn't necessarily make him better, but it does give more to, to look at and, and go on. Um, I love Wonderland so much. It was very influential to me as a young person. Uh, it was a whole facet of my personality as a teenager. Um, but you know, as I've gotten older and read more of Discworld and learned more about Terry Pratchett and you know how he ended up working with his daughter a lot towards the end of his life because he was um, losing his capacity as a writer uh, due to Alzheimer's um, and still created an amazing universe. And it's tough, but I think I'm going to have to go with Pratchett here, which is really going to suck for the next matchup. <laughs> and I can't wait to see how that'll end up. But Pratchett gets the first vote here as we head to Jay. 
I would first and foremost like to make the unofficial decision that this bracket should no longer be the Gryffindor bracket. It should be the Wonderland bracket. Uh, you can you can agree or disagree, but in my heart, uh, we're we're in Wonderland right now. Um, I talked at length in the last episode about Lewis Carroll's contributions uh, to, to children of all ages, uh, to the fields of education, particularly in mathematics. Um, but the, the hard truth of it all is that Lewis Carroll had a beautiful way with words in places that aren't the things I think about enough when I think fantasy and sci-fi. And by that, I mean, uh, you know, his poetry, his mathematical writing, things of that nature. And he is well celebrated and should be for those works. But if we're comparing, um, as, as was said, apples to apples, Lewis Carroll created Wonderland. Terry Patchett created this world. Um, and I think one of those worlds is absolutely better built. Uh, Lewis Carroll will live on in my heart, but he won't uh, live on to the semifinals. Terry Pratchett is getting my vote here. And Terry Pratchett gets that two nothing lead. As Jay says, we're living in Wonderland and then votes against Lewis Carroll. Brian, is this the end of Alice? So Jay called it the Wonderland bracket. I disagree. Um, I think this really should be the Ankpork bracket because this bracket from the get-go was Pratchett's lose. I don't think that's going to happen here. Lewis Carroll, Wonderland is wonderful. You had a great run. You made it to the Sweet 16. You're not going any farther. Terry Pratchett absolutely easily wins this fight, period. And win this fight, Terry Pratchett does. He'll move on to face Neil Gaiman, but we still want to know if Jeff thinks we got this one right. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Discworld, Ongmorpork, uh, Clatch, whatever region that we're calling this one now, uh, it's definitely Pratchett. Uh, I guess we're going to have the Good Omens Bowl in the Final Four then. Cool. Let's uh, um, let's all figure that one out. It's gonna suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna rock. Is, also, has is has anyone voted against Pratchett yet? Is has he swept his way through the whole whole way? Did he not? Did he sweep Stephen King? He did sweep Stephen King. I'm just wondering he if he swept Susanna Clark. I think I, he did. Or he yeah. swept Terry Goodkin in the first round. It, well, it's not yeah. hard to swipe. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he swept all the way up into the uh, the final four at this point. All right, yeah. so well, it's uh-huh. uh, I guess depending on Stephen's vote here. All right, uh, Stephen, we'll see final, how that goes. Final vote goes your way. Pointed out, I kind of want to change my vote. Um, I, I was kind of on two opinions coming into this because uh, I, I enjoy Terry Pratchett more. I think there's more to go into there, but he's never had the impact that Lewis Carroll has. Like the Alice books transcend the boundaries of genre and. Maybe they do deserve at least a pity vote for that. No, let's 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 pretend for a moment that we actually care about the purity of the bracket. I'll go ahead and vote for Pratchett. Give him the sweep. And Terry Pratchett has conquered Wonderworld. He has conquered Hogwarts. He has conquered everything on his way to the final four where he will meet Neil Gaiman. But we're not there yet. We head over to the foundation bracket to crown the foundation region champion. And we're starting with Jay. Jay, is it N.K. Jemison or is it Philip K. Dick? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys a spoiler real quick going in. Um, the the person I'm voting for's middle initial is K. <laughs> 
I don't know if that gives up the ghost or anything, but oh, um, you gave it away. This is you're beautiful, and I love you. Aww, call me. <laughs> um, this is impossible. I, it it really is because how how do you distinctify the two oeuvres of these two authors who you know live near enough to each other to to con- they they're not contemporaries, but they're not like in different historical eras in their writing that much either. Obviously, N.K. Jemison more modern, um, but you know, twentieth century uh, sci-fi. So they're they're going to be ticking a lot of the same boxes um, by virtue of that. It's it's really really hard, y'all. Um, this is the one I think I'm going to lose sleep over because they both in my mind deserve to be in the final four and it's 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 tolkien game and all over again for me in as much as i don't know that there's a wrong answer here um so so how do you how do you break that razor's edge kind of tie here i think that this vote is going to be relatively split i don't see this being a sweep and i don't think whoever i vote for is going to uh be kind of left out to the wolves i I think that the broader contextual uh, touchment, touchment, that's a word I'm making up, uh, of the world um, is, is something I can ascribe more to the work of Philip K. Dick than I can to the work of N.K. Jemison. N.K. Jemison is an absolute legend, but she's a legend in a narrower space of familiarity than Philip K. Dick is. And a lot of that has to do with adaptations in, in major other media. Uh, for that reason, and with the least of comforts that I've had in this entire bracket, uh, I'm going to throw the first vote on this very tough matchup to Philip K. Dick. And Philip K. Dick with the one nothing lead. Brian, cast your vote. Well, I agree with Jay that I think this is the only tough decision of the... Um, N.K. Jemison is a very prolific writer, but... Her first novel came out in 2010. She's only been with this for a little while. Granted, it's 12, 13 years. But compared to the amount, just sheer volume of absolutely top quality stuff that uh, that, that Philip K. Dick has done, I I have I have stood by my homegirl from Iowa City uh, the whole way, but. I, I, I can't vote against Philip K. Dick here. Philip K. Dick gets... And a 2 nothing lead it is for Philip K. Dick. Jeff, is this the end for N.K. Jemison or not? So if we're renaming brackets, does that make this the uh, the fulcrum bracket? Philip K. Dick sets so many things in like actual world that I can't call it like the San Francisco bracket mm-hmm. or anything. No, I have no fundamental issues with Isaac Asimov. We can keep this as the foundation. <laughs> right, okay, fair. <laughs> Um, man, this is the hardest decision. This is, and I think the next decision is pretty tough. Um, Philip K. Dick has definitely had more of a impact at this point. Um, I don't think that the bibliography argument that I used to move Dick on here, uh, and has heard my predecessor, necessarily applies here because Jemison has been has put out not just a lot of books but a lot of very um, so I think they're kind of on a similar at that point. And I go with, okay, whose books am I going to pick up just at a secondhand store if I'm walking around, uh, Quail Ridge Books, our local bookstore here in Raleigh, North Carolina. If you're a Raleigh li- uh, listener, please go and patronize Quail Ridge. Um, 
I'm probably going to pick up a Jemison book. So, sure, she gets my vote. Let's make this interesting, y'all. And N.K. Jemison makes it interesting. It's two to one as we turn this over to Steven. Mm. You've made this very difficult. Because on one hand, now, we have the glorious appeal of the punt. Where I can send this into utter chaos and just watch my fellow panelists sweat for 20, 30 minutes at a time. Um, on the other hand, I've been pretty PKD throughout this whole bracket for a reason. Um, this is genuinely a tough one, though. Uh, can I do the punt and risk him losing? I don't, I don't think I can, but I also risk. Uh, okay, look, this is how I'm going to decide it. Uh, we're talking about the best science fiction fantasy author. Only one of these authors went crazy in like the mid seventies and believed that aliens were actually intelligent, uh, like downloading information into his brain and granting him superpowers. And if that isn't the most sci-fi author thing ever, I can't think of it. So I'm going to stick with Philip K. Dick. That's literal. Look it up. And Philip K. Dick will move on to the final four. Didn't realize schizophrenia was a, a judgment factor here. But Carmela, did we get this one right? Um, This is genuinely hard. Um, And <laughs> it's like, if you punt it to me, I will absolutely break your heart. And I will have no qualms about it. Uh <laughs> But this is a, a genuinely hard uh, matchup, and I think, uh, it, I mean, we've all said it. Um, yes, N.K. Jemison's first book didn't come out until 2010, so she's had about 13 years. What an impact she's managed to make in just 13 years. Philip K. Dick has had decades to make the impact that he's made. Um, and in an industry that is stacked against her, <laughs> I, I don't think that should be overlooked. Um and then, so what's the what ends up being the deciding factor between the two of them to me? Not that it matters because Philip K. Dick is moving on, and rightfully so. I think either one of these would have been rightfully so moving forward. Um, who am I going to reread? I'm going to reread N.K. Jemison. I think it's more interesting. Um, not that Philip K. Dick is not interesting because he absolutely is, but I'm more likely to reread an N.K. Jemison book than I am a Philip K. Dick book. So I'm going to cast my vote for Jemison. And in a 3 2 matchup, N.K. Jemison makes it close, but it's not enough to meet the powerhouse that was Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick is going to win the foundation bracket and move into our final four, where he will meet the winner of Douglas Adams and Ursula K. Le Guin over in the heart of gold bracket. And this one is starting with Brian. Okay, so this is this is a quick and easy decision um i nothing against ursula but to my immediate right i have the entire collected works of douglas adams sitting right here on within arm's reach uh douglas adams gave us something absolutely timeless this is an easy immediate quick pick douglas adams gets douglas adams gets that first vote jeff what do you have to say here yeah i, th I think this is a little bit difficult because it's such a, it does seem a little fair send her over the final if you look behind me you can see you know those of you sitting at home there's a towel that chair back there <laughs> i do know where my towel is uh my towel is Adams. douglas adams with the two nothing lead possibly making some short work of ursula k Le Guin. steven will he close the door i believe i voted for both of these authors every single uh matchup so far um and i think 
I've been like kind of dismissive of people that come up against Le Guin because the Wizards of Mercy and the, see I'm having a little problem here. I, I kind of mentioned before I have issues with the Farthest Shore, which is the third book in that series. Um, I think she does some of the characters a little bit dirty there, uh, and that is ultimately why I'm going to go ahead and cast my vote for Adams here. Um, there's a small tiny trip up, and otherwise really great trilogy of books. Well, I guess it's more than a trilogy because she goes on with like the Tales of Mercy and everything. But in the original trilogy, there's there's that little fault that it just niggles me so much. I'm gonna go ahead and cast my vote for Adams. And that is the end of the road for Ursula K. Le Guin. We want to know though, Carmela, where would your vote go? Oh, this one's difficult for me. Uh, these are two authors that I love immensely, and um, in my heart, it. I would have happily voted for either one of these, but my, my heart, my gut instinct is to vote for Adams. And um, so that's where I'm going to go, is I'm going to vote for Adams here. And finally, Jay, is it a sweep? If I had to predict the outcome of this bracket from the outside in, I think I would expect this matchup to be surprisingly even farther in than the final four. Uh, but you know the nature of the the bracket, the way it is, um, you know this is this is where they happen to fall against each other. And if I were looking from the outside in, I would think that these these poor, poor, insufferable people uh, have to to make just a, a really difficult choice and try to justify it uh, between an amazing, amazing author uh, with quite the base behind her. Uh, in her body of work and and an impact uh, on the genres, uh, and I have to say genres, uh, plurally because she's she she might be the one on this list that holds the strongest claim to the best sci-fi slash fantasy author. Um, as I talk about Ursula K. Le Guin, but I am not on the outside in. I am a panelist here. I have a voice, and that voice has to be informed from a place, and that place is just what I know. And what I know is Douglas Adams is quite possibly my favorite author ever. I unapologetically give my vote to Douglas and Adams, but I do apologetically not give my vote uh, to Ursula Kayla. And we have a sweep. We have our champions in each of our regions. And this is going to be fun. Ladies and gentlemen, our final four... Neil Gaiman, Terry Pratchett, Philip K. Dick, and Douglas Adams. Between the four of them, there are 12 Hugo Awards. Every single one of these novel uh, writers have won a Hugo for Best Novel and Best Novella, in addition to four other awards. At least that's what Bard Google's AI tells me. Uh, I trust it. That is an impressive resume in our final four. Let's dig in. Neil Gaiman versus Terry Pratchett. Neil Gaiman got here by besting Mary Shelley, J.R.R. Tolkien, Edgar Rice Burroughs, and R.A. Salvatore. Terry Pratchett took down Lewis Carroll, Stephen King, uh, let's see, Susanna Clark, and Terry Goodkind. We are starting this one off with jeff uh, all right it's the good omens and in some ways this is kind of a zero fail versus matchup uh 
Gaiman, almost angelic, empathetic, see the good in people, positive spin on magic sort of guy. Pratchett, the cynic, the joker, the crank, almost. And if I am to choose between, I'm drawn a little bit more to Crowley than I am to Azir. A little bit more of a cynical crank. I'm a little bit more of a jackass than Aziraphale is. Uh, I think you all have discovered this through seven and a half episodes of... So it shouldn't be a huge surprise that I'm voting for Pratchett here, but man, that's a tough matchup because I really do love Gaiman's writing style. He's incredible ability to just put you in the heart of a character. I don't know how to make this decision, and I don't know how the other four of you bastards are going to make this decision, but I'm just going to vote for Pratchett. He is <laughs> dirt. I like funny, but man, I don't have anything more intelligent to say at this point. <laughs> Y'all be smarter than me, please. And it wouldn't be an episode if we didn't at least throw a Margaret Atwood reference out there. It sounds like the bastards have ground Jeff down. <laughs> As he voted for, you voted for Pratchett there, correct? I, I did vote for Pratchett. Okay, yes. making I, sure I, I heard uh, correctly. I love this world so much, and I go back there again and again, so yes. Pratchett with a 1-0 lead as we turn this over to Steven. I'm thinking... Um, you know what? Uh, let's, uh, yeah, this one's just, this one's just ridiculously tough. Um, there is a part of me that wants to just go with the spite vote and go against Gaiman. Um, but I am nothing if not wonderful and magnanimous as all of my panelists can, uh, attest, I'm sure. Uh, no, I, I, I love both of these authors, but there's a deeper range and a deeper amount of, I, I think, accessibility with Gaiman. Um, Pratch is always fun, but you know, sometimes even though most of the time, 90% of the time I'm in the mood for Pratchett, that 10% of the time that I'm not Gaiman has something that can cover that, and when I am in the mood for Pratchett, Gaiman's going to have something that's also close enough that it's going to scratch that itch. So, 10% edge, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman ties it at one vote apiece. Carmella break this tie. All right. This this is genuinely hard. Um, I love both of them very much. Um, I mean, they wrote a, one of my favorite books together. Um, so, I mean, I've already I've already said so much about Neil Gaiman. I think probably everybody's tired of how much I've said about Neil Gaiman. Um, so, what what's the tiebreaker here for me? In that. Uh, unfortunately, Terry Pratchett is no longer with us, and Neil Gaiman is still creating. Um, and so I still have things to look forward to from Neil Gaiman. And the fact that he's written... I, I want to be able to go read American Gods again for the first time. <laughs> like, like I want to do that. Um, when, uh, when I first met my partner, he saw that I was reading a Neil Gaiman book and asked if I had ever read The Sandman, and I hadn't yet. And he was like, oh, I'm so looking forward to you discovering that. And that's just the magic that this man has created in my world. Um, so I'm going to vote for Neil Gaiman again. And that second vote for Neil Gaiman, I penciled in as soon as Carmela started speaking. <laughs> I have a brand. I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> Jay, what do you say? Oh, 
boy, it feels an awful lot like fourth and long, doesn't it, Brian? I have nothing to say yet. <laughs> I know. Um, the, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I'm not going to punt for punting's sake. Um, this is so freaking hard to decide who has do either of them have an edge over the other is kind of the question you have to ask yourself here and it's i am hard pressed to find a reason that i can stand my ground on and say yes neil holds the edge over terry in in this regard or no terry you know edges out neil in that um it's this is exceedingly difficult and what we're ultimately doing right now is de facto crowning the best fantasy author of all time because as we look over the other side of the bracket that that's definitely more sci-fi uh and we've we've voted that way so who is the best fantasy author of all time don't say it uh brian we'll get to you um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> here's something that i don't think has really come up as much as i thought it would uh in our journey leading here um neil gaiman can write anything like i just for larks pulled up neil gaiman bibliography it is absurdly long i'm just gonna read it really quickly uh the contents Nonfiction, comics broken down into several categories, novels and children's books broken down into several categories, short fiction and poetry, several categories, screen work broken into several categories. Um, Terry Pratchett is, while not exclusively known for Discworld, he is almost exclusively known for Discworld. I don't think that's an unfair uh, you know, accusation to, to lay at his feet. Um, I, I think the person who wrote Good Omens should win this, so I've got that going for me. Um, <laughs> comics are fantasy, and comics are sci-fi, and they are a medium of the discussion that we have not really dipped our toes into. Uh, and for the reason that I'm begging the world to give me a reason to, to pick one of these over the other, uh, my vote Uh, to move on to the championship is going to be for Neil Gaiman on the absolute breadth of what this man has done and can continue to do. You're muted. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. This is what I get for having a multi-device keyboard and looking up a whole bunch of stuff. Neil Gaiman (laughs) has made his way into the final matchup, but we still value Brian's opinion. Brian, is this the right choice? Uh, This is absolutely the right choice. Um, I love, love Terry Pratchett. Um, Carmilla, you talked about uh, uh, your your partner looking forward to you discovering the wonder that is Sandman. Um, I am currently reading Sandman for the first time. Oh. (laughs) I I saw the show, loved the show so much. It was visually breathtaking story was brilliant and i after that i'm like okay i really should have i i should have read this years ago and i'm finally getting around to it and it is absolutely delightful (laughs) um i i said it earlier that i thought that this was going to come down to who wins tolkien or gaiman because that's going to be the person to lose this whole this whole damn thing and gaiman absolutely deserves this win I love Pratchett, but Gaiman just on everything. The, the man can do no wrong. Neil Gaiman, done. And with a 4-1 victory, Neil Gaiman moves on to f- the finals where he will face 
the winner of Philip K. Dick and Douglas Adams. And this one should be interesting. Not that any of these have been uninteresting. But Philip K. Dick versus Douglas Adams. We are back at the top of the order, kicking this one off. Yep, back at the top of the order. Yeah, Stephen, where are we at? Well, I guess we're at me. Um, Philip K. Dick versus Douglas Adams. Again, I think this is one of the ones where I've voted for them every single step of the way. Um, yeah, it's, it's at the point where I can't go wrong. These are both exceptional authors. They've got many, many votes. No one can get mad at me for just voting for my heart. So, fuck all logic. I'm just going to go with Douglas Adams because I enjoy reading his books more. So, Douglas, you get my vote. Douglas Adams with that first vote from Stephen. Carmela, what do you have to say here? Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> this this is, again, hard. They're all hard at this point. I think we all know that. Um, I'd rather read Douglas Adams. Is it, I mean, that that's the only thing that I can even begin to... We've, we've talked about these authors so much and for so long. I would just rather read Douglas Adams. Uh, so I'm going to vote for Douglas Adams. <laughs> and Douglas Adams getting the I'd rather vote. <laughs> as we turn this over to Jay to decide whether or not Philip K. Dick is going to put up a fight. Philip K. Dick deserves to put up a fight. So very, very much. He's, 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 he is among an echelon that very few writers uh, in, in the sci-fi universe even deserve to be a step below. Uh, Philip K. Dick very, very rightly uh, has a place, in my opinion, in the final four. And I think if you asked 100 panelists uh, to make the decision between these two authors, I think you would get a wide variety of rationales behind who deserves to move on to the championship more than the other. Um, I don't know outside the context of this panel, if, if Douglas Adams writing can hold a candle to the legacy that is Philip K. Dick's uh, in, in sci-fi. But I also know that there isn't a universe uh, where I don't vote for Douglas Adams to be the greatest sci-fi author uh, of all time. I, I, I have to vote for Douglas Adams and Philip K. Dick just gets caught up in the wake of a juggernaut uh, who has had an impact on generations of nerds the way that Philip K. Dick's work just hasn't had to as visceral a level. And that does it for Philip K. Dick. Brian, we still want to know what you had to say. <laughs> I <think> it's his... <laughs> Damon versus Adams. <laughs> Called it. <laughs> I had the same prediction. So far, this final matchup has been exactly as I predicted. Yep. However, that said, um, I agree with what Jay had to say there on both of these authors. Both of them are legendary. Um, Philip K. Dick has done some magnificent things. Douglas Adams wrote The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is unmistakably one of the best pieces of fiction. This is the sci-fi championship. Um, They they are both phenomenal. I love, love good comedy. Douglas Adams is very fucking, or was very fucking good at what he did. What he did. Um, I can't, I, I can't let Philip K. Dick 
get swept, though. So I will vote for Philip K. Dick, even though I predicted Adams to win. Um, but I'm I'm going to give the sympathy vote, if nothing else, just because Philip K. Dick deserves the recognition for what he did for the genre. Philip K. Dick picking up a vote, not going down without a little bit of a fight. Jeff, did we get this right? The ships hung in the sky in much the same way that bricks don't. <laughs> I mean, there is a limited universe of people who can get away with a sentence like because it is both unimaginably silly and kind of cool, <laughs> right? Like, I think that's the appeal of Douglas Adams, that... Someone can be so bizarre and off the wall and just kind of feel like he's just saying shit, but have it still work and work really well, creating a universe that you just kind of get immersed in, despite yourself and despite everything that might be pulling you away from it, just the silliness and fun of it all is drawing you yeah douglas adams absolutely deserves i'm just gonna kind of chill for a little while while i try to figure out how the hell i'm gonna vote in the final because (laughs) oh boy and we have reached our final before we do i want to take a little umbrage with something jay said about kids these days not seeing the same impact of philip k dick that they might have douglas adams i think that's kind of summarizing what you said i I don't know that that's what i said i said you know the the impact on nerd culture definitively douglas adams gets that nod and even that i take a little umbrage with because if you've watched this season of mandalorian philip k dick's fingerprints are all over it it is very Blade Runner in a lot of those scenes. Anyway, panelists, ladies and gentlemen, take a deep breath. Because after 60, what is that, 67 matchups? 66 matchups, I think. We have reached our championship. And we're about to crown the best sci-fi and fantasy author. And that matchup is Neil Gaiman against Douglas Adams, the man who wrote The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and the man who wrote his biography, among a slew of other things. But, you know, a little bit of overlap there. So, Carmella, you get the first pick, and then you get to sit back and go, I did my part. (laughs) Is this going to be Philip, uh, Neil Gaiman, or Douglas Adams? Oh, gosh. All right. So Douglas Adams is amazing. I've said it over and over again. Um, Extremely funny man and comedy is hard to do. He is mostly known for one thing. I know he did, you know, Dirk Stanley and all that stuff, but he's mostly known for hitchhikers. And as we've previously discussed, Neil Gaiman could do just about anything. Um, You know, he wrote Mirror Mask. He wrote... Sandman. He wrote American Gods. He wrote Never Rare. Um, he wrote. Uh, he does essays. If you ever read View from the Cheap Seats, it's all nonfiction essays that he's done. Um, he wrote Douglas Adams' biography. 
<laughs> man can do anything. And if we're crowning the best sci-fi and fantasy author, let's crown a guy who does both sci-fi and fantasy <laughs> and does it well and continues to do it well and will hopefully continue to do it well for a long time. I don't think this is really all that surprising to anybody, even though I love them both immensely, but I'm going to vote for Neil Gaiman. Uh, just shut up, Tim. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> but yeah, I vote for Neil Gaiman. To quote Fry, I'm shocked. Shocked. Well, not that shocked. <laughs> Carmela casts her final vote in favor of Neil Gaiman as we pass this over to Jay. We all knew it had to come to this, uh, didn't we? Um, maybe not the final two that everybody anticipated going in but uh definitely for the last couple episodes the the final two that we think knew that we were ultimately kind of uh navigating towards and it's so so hard to say that one of these authors does not deserve this crown it really is um i can't even make the comparison that carmela alluded to briefly uh in the way that she did by saying that Neil Gaiman can write everything, fantasy and sci-fi, because in my opinion, the Douglas Adams approach to sci-fi was incredibly fantastical. Uh, so I would, I would at least for purposes of this uh, matchup, make the argument that Douglas Adams can tick both boxes. He certainly did so within the framework of sci-fi, but there's there's a lot of fantasy in the way that he wrote in the in the universe that he built uh so distinct from our universe in in ways that they are just completely impossible to kind of marry um neil gaiman is the preeminent voice in the world today when it comes to the things that we are judging these authors on douglas adams is probably the reason that a lot of people picked up a Neil Gaiman book. It's impossible to say who is better. So all I can do is say who I want to read more. And this may be sacrilege to some listeners out there, but I would rather read through the Hitchhiker series for the 101st time than crack open a Neil Gaiman novel for the first time. That is me. I do not expect anybody else to feel this way but I have to make a choice somewhere uh, to differentiate the two. So my vote, my final vote has to go to Douglas Adams. And Douglas Adams pulls it even at one vote apiece. Brian, cast your final vote of the series. God, this is the final vote of the series. Um, again, writing Jay's coattails. Um, this has been, I, I, I've done a couple of things with, with Boozy Bractology now. This bracket has been the most fun I've had the whole damn way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) we, we have, we have absolutely butted heads numerous times, but this has been the most enjoyment I've gotten out of any bracket we've done yet. Um, I, I love both of these authors. Absolute love both of these authors. Um, both are masters of their craft. God, this is, this is so freaking hard. Um, but it really comes down to one 
thing for me. Um, Douglas Adams is, was a brilliant comedy writer and very creative. The stuff that he came up with was just, where, how, what? It, it was so good. I, I love all what he did. But Neil Gaiman, Good Omens, American Gods, The Graveyard Book was so damn. I read The Graveyard Book to my son as a bedtime story and got to share that with him. Sandman, I just, so many good things from both of them. And Gaiman's not done yet. <laughs> I hate seeing either of them fall, but my pick, my prediction, Neil Gaiman for the win. Neil Gaiman takes that two to one lead as we hand the reins over to Jeff. Will you be crowning a champion or will you leave that up to Steven? Oh man. <laughs> All right. I wanna I wanna read to you a quote from the Hitchhiker's Guide. And I I, I wanna I just guess forty two said deep thought with infinite majesty. It was a long time before anyone spoke. Out of the corner of his eye, Fouche could see this sea of tents expected down in the square outside. We're gonna get lynched, aren't we? He whispered. It was a tough assignment, said the thought my 42, yelled Luke. Is that all you've got to show for seven and a half million years work? I checked it very thoroughly, sir, and that quite definitely is the answer. I think the problem, to be quite honest with you, is that you've never actually known what the question is. But it was the great question, the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything, howled Loon. Yes, said Deep Thought with the... But what actually is it? A slow, stupefied silence crept over them, stared at, the, at each other. Well, you know, it's just everything. Everything, offered Fuchs Gleek. Exactly, said Deep. So once you do know what the question actually is, you'll know what the answer means. <laughs> I love the idea of how... Douglas Adams incorporates the absurdity into his own universe. If you read on in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series, you'll find out that the answer to the, the, the great question, that the great question actually is, what do you get when you multiply 8 times 6? Those of you who are doing math in your head, the answer is not 42. I love the idea of absurdity. I think anyone who has followed current events throughout the last three years here has a deeply personal relationship with absurdity because that's the world we've been living in. The absurdity of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Universe has its purpose as a funny place, as a locus for laughter and mirth and all that, but it also has a place of just explaining... What is all this craziness we're going through right now, and how do I make sense of it? And the answer is, well, you don't, because you don't know what the question is, and nobody fucking does. So, <laughs> have fun. Uh, so I guess that means, Stephen, what's the question? Because it's 2-2 now, and uh, I guess you get to both pose the question and produce the answer for us here. And ladies and gentlemen... This would not be more appropriate unless it was like J.R.R. Tolkien versus... Jay is right. is actually six times nine. I forgot. Thanks. Uh, that math is still wrong no matter what the computer says. But we have reached the ultimate vote. And I think the ultimate question is, 
who is the best sci-fi and fantasy author. So, do we have anybody who wants to launch a buzzer beater? Everybody has their buzzer beaters back. We're in a new round. It's up to Steven otherwise. I accept my buzzer beaters in the forms of groveling submissions. Nope, not using mine. I'm going to just let Steven work this out. All right. Steven, your panelists have decided to rest on their laurels and leave the ultimate decision up to you. Is the best sci-fi and fantasy author Neil Gaiman or Douglas Adams? The vote is 2-2. What do you have to say? Uh, I say uh, you're all unhelpful motherfuckers. How dare you do this to me? How dare you? do? I, I am but a man. I should not be put in this position. Uh, it's unfair. It's not right. It's unjust. He and a sham and a mockery. Um, but here we are in this Travis Sham mockery. So when, I, when anyone asks me um, why Neil Gaiman is a great imaginative author, um, I show them just a few panels from the original Sandman comic, not the one that Neil Gaiman wrote, but the one that's a detective that wears a mask and has a gun that shoots knockout gas. Um, it's a terrible, terrible comic. Um, it was just something that somehow DC had acquired through an acquisition of an acquisition, if I remember correctly. And they basically said uh, to Neil Gaiman, okay, we have this property, uh, we want to use it, so uh, you have to use the name Sandman, um, and we don't want it to be the original guy. Go to town. And he said, okay, uh, of course, um, here is a skinny white guy trapped in a cult's uh, basement for about 100 years. That's how I'm going to begin the story, uh, based off this one about a detective with a gun that has knockout gas in it. Um, how you make that leap, I will never understand, because it's absurd. It's, it's so absurd, it could be in a Douglas Adams novel. That's, that's how crazy it is. Um, I, I could make the argument that you don't get Gaiman without Adams, because uh, clearly a strong influence on Neil Gaiman is Douglas Adams. I mean, like we said, he wrote the biography. That's, that's how much he cares about Adams as an author. Uh, and um, for those of you still listening, this is called stalling. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm just going to go with my honest-to-goodness which one I enjoy reading more. And that's still hard, because I get an immense amount of pleasure from reading both of these gentlemen's works. Uh, but at the end of the day, Desert Island, I only get to take one book with me. A book that I can reread over and over and over, because that's my only form of entertainment. I think I have to go with Adams. I think I get a little bit more, even though he's writing so tongue-in-cheekly. I think he's a little bit more at revealing the truth about humanity and teaching lessons, and ultimately, that's what I turn to science fiction and fantasy for. I, I Perhaps he's not as imaginative, although he, he certainly is. Uh, perhaps he's not as adapt at playing with genre as Gaiman is, but at the end of the day Adams, I think, digs a little bit deeper, and yes he does it through talking flying dolphins and cults that believe we were sneezed out of a rhinoceros, but still he's he's hitting at something that I don't think Gaiman always Gaiman takes the big swing and he hits a lot of home runs 
but I feel like he strikes out a little bit more. And I like I, I like Douglas. I'm gonna go ahead and cast a vote for Douglas. I can't talk myself into Gaiman, even though I probably should. Douglas gets my vote. It's weird. It's arbitrary because they're both so good. But that's how the bracket falls. You may now give me your jeers and or cheers. And there we have it: the definitive, inarguable, undisputed champion of sci-fi and fantasy writing, Douglas Adams. We have reached the end, and it has been a haul. And I think everybody, everybody looks like they've got a lot on their mind from this one. (laughs) But we're going to take that to the Discord here. How did we do? Tell us on Instagram, Boozy Bracketology on Instagram, Boozy Brackets on Twitter. Check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash p-t-e-b-b. Every dollar you donate goes right back to making this a great podcast. But if you can't, we understand because times are tough. But you can still share and subscribe to this podcast and leave us a five-star review. Want to get in on the conversation? Head to ptebb.com slash discord to join our discord channel where we have some fantastic conversation. And I'm sure we're going to be talking in depth about every one of these choices as this episode airs. For the Boozy Bracketology, I've been Tim. Still weighing my decision, but I've been Stephen. I'm Carmela. I've been Jay. I'm Brian. I've been Jeff. And we will see you next time with a brand new bracket here on Boozy Bracketology. Boozy Bracketology.